everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Interesting episode today that we have. Um, so we have Mackenzie Phipps, and she actually is participating in an event uh, that's coming up in June. And the interesting thing about it um, is that two former guests are also participating And next week's guest on the podcast is participating. So isn't that pretty amazing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, What is this event? So it's the 41st annual Sunday Morning Country. And it's hosted by Brenda Lee at the Grand Ole Opry House. And, um, you know, there's like probably... 20, 30 artists, um, but I just found that interesting that, you know, we have been honored to interview two of them. Who, uh, who Alex are the Miller. two? Yeah, Alex Miller and John Barry, if you remember. Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, and then we have Mackenzie. Yeah. Yay, Mackenzie, we're going to get to talk to today. And the next week's guest, um, Kelly Lang. She's also going to be there. So, you know, that's really great that we've had um, or will have had four of the guests. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Is this like a, um, <clears throat> since it's on Sunday, is this like a religious thing? Like a, you know? Uh, I, I, I think it is. I think that they do, um, you know, perform, re- um, you know, Sunday religious uh, music. Right. And, um, I know in past, because 41 years, you know, that's a really, uh, that's a long time for an event. And I know Jeannie Seeley, um, she's been a guest, and we probably have interviewed other people also that have participated in it. So it's a really big event coming up. That's cool. Yeah, and Brenda Lee, you know, obviously, she's an icon, so. Sure. Yeah, and it's so, the Opry, so. I know. It's, um, you know, it would be a great thing to go to. Um, so, if you're listening and you're interested in that, it's June the 11th, and it starts at 4.30 uh, with the warm-up at 4, and uh, you can get your tickets at the Opry uh, box office. Wait, you know. I, I thought you said it was morning. Yeah, um, but it's the country morning, you know. But so it starts at four? And, <laughs> well, you go to church and, you know, you go out to eat. And you got to get your, like, Sunday after church meal in. And right, then you Cracker Barrel. And you know, <laughs> have your Sunday morning country music show. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to last, you know, several hours into the evening. Yeah, it sounds like uh, with that many people it will. Yeah, so... Um, it's great. So I hope that we have listeners in that area or that 
you know, that's far enough in advance that you can plan your vacations around it if you're planning to go to Nashville. Just, uh, you know, add that into your agenda. Yeah, there Great you thing. go. Something to do on a Sunday morning. Yeah, all day. Or afternoon, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, again, you got to prepare to the morning, go out and have your Sunday biscuits and gravy. Uh, yeah. You know, all that. So, sounds pretty cool to me. Um, now, Mackenzie, let's talk a little bit about her. She is a singer-songwriter uh, from Virginia, and uh, you used to live in Virginia. I did. Uh, I lived there for like three years out near Dulles Airport. Yeah, so, you know, she um, she's very talented. Uh, she has a, a very, I think, classic country kind of sound to her. Yeah, I've seen a few of her videos um, when... You know, when we were talking about interviewing her, um, I looked her up and checked out a few of her videos. She is, she's pretty good. I mean, she's a great singer and uh, definitely a good songwriter. Yes, and you know, she um, she covers a lot of songs too, but, um, but you know, she also writes her own. And many artists, um, you know, starting out, I think, you have to have a certain number of covers of songs because, you know, you want people to be yeah, it seems that way. until they're familiar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She's big on social uh, media too, isn't she? Yes, very big on social media. She works very hard on there to get her music out. And, you know, she's she's been successful at it. Um, and she is covering Lacey J. Dalton, and I'm going to ask her, um, about that because um, you know 16th Avenue is a classic song that really is really well suited to people uh, beginning their careers mm. in, I'm in not country. familiar with 16th Avenue but... really? Yeah. oh you, you need to listen to it um, yeah I'll check it out yeah it's a great song and also um, when you do check it out in uh, McKenzie's, if you watch her video, um, Bobby Tomberlin, who was our guest before, he's sitting on the stage with Lacey J when <laughs> they um, showed a little clip of her. So, yeah. This, you know, is, this is like the six, de- six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, only a, you know, backstory session. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't miss a thing, so... <laughs> But I can't wait to hear a story. And, you know, when I say beginning career, you know, people stay in careers. Like, look at Brenda Lee. You know, they start out young and they continue, like, throughout their whole life. So, you know, Mackenzie is not, like, when we say, you know, starting her career, like, she's not day one of her career. Yeah. Uh, You know, just that she's a, a young artist and she's out there doing her thing and, uh, doing really well, and I'm so happy that we have her as our guest today. All right, well, let's talk to her and see what uh, you know. See what she's got going on. Yeah, Mackenzie Phipps. I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. We are 
so excited to have you as our guest today. Oh, well, thank you all so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. So, Mackenzie, um, let's start a little bit with your backstory. You grew up in Virginia. Has that always been home? Yes, ma'am. So I'm actually from a very small town in Virginia, southwest Virginia, called Bluefield. And I've been here my entire life, the whole 21 years of it. And, you know, I actually started singing when I was four years old. And I started singing in church with my mama. And from that point on, you know, I was interested in the piano and I learned that at age 10. I got my first guitar when I was 15 and I learned at that age. And ever since then, I've just been trucking along. <laughs> okay, so at four, you started singing in church. And uh, was your grandmother musical? Did you grow up with a musical family or was it mostly, you know, just people singing at church or occasions like that? Yes, yeah, so my mama, which is the one that got me into singing at church, she's on my mom's side. And my mom's side of the family, they've always been very into music. You know, they would get instruments and they would just play by ear. You know, I don't think they ever really took any lessons. And You know, my late Uncle Ronnie, he was really big into music and he had actually written some songs for a couple of singers out there like one of them being uh, johnny cash's brother and allison krauss and crystal wow. gale and so forth so i was kind of always around music when i was younger but i don't believe my mama could sing she used to just take me to church every sunday and you know i'd be in sunday school and they teach us little songs and i'd go out to the piano and play by ear what the song was and my mama had seen that i kind of had a knack for singing and just doing music in general so she'd take me into the kitchen and I'd learn some songs to sing for Sunday service and that's basically how I got started. Um, so did uh, you then sing a solo during the service or? Yes so I would I would sing just different hymns I would sing some songs by the Crab family and you know I do just some kind of more modern songs like I do Carrie Underwood's Jesus Take the Wheel, all that kind of stuff. And my cousin, she'd sometimes come up there and sing some songs with me because my mama always wanted to have both of us go up there and sing for everybody. But for the most part, I would just go up and I'd sing a song that I had prepared. So did this, um, like, you know, outside of your family members, um, were other members of the congregation you know, bragging on you or saying you, you seem to have a gift. Um. Yes, yeah, so everybody in the church, you know, they were very, very surprised because, you know, when I was four years old, I was such a small little girl. You know, I'm right now at 21 years old, five foot three. <laughs> so when I was when I was younger, I was quite, quite small and I was shy, especially when singing, especially like in front of singing in front of family members and that kind of started at a later age, but, you know, whenever I'd go up and sing, I'd have people come up to me, my mom and say that the good Lord blessed me with this amazing gift and that they were so shocked that such a big voice came from such a small body. And everybody there was very supportive and they were very appreciative of me just going up and sharing what the good Lord gave me. <laughs> and did you have a favorite song that you remember from singing in church? You know, like I said, I used to sing a bunch from the Crab family, and I remember that I used to sing with my mom, and 
Right now, the song is completely crossing for me. But I did really enjoy singing a lot from the Crab family. Okay, cool. And so, um, at school, when you started school, then um, did you have any opportunities there to be involved in music? Yes, so all throughout elementary school, you know, um, the elementary school I went to, we would have a music teacher come in ever so often during the week, and I never really got into singing, singing much when I was in elementary school, but I know when I was in fourth or fifth grade, we had had a professor from a college come in, and he did a children's choir, and they did little auditions just to see if kids could sing and would be a part of it, and my music teacher had gotten me to do that, so I was able to be in a children's choir that was taking place at a local college down here. And then when I entered middle school, that's where I met my choir teacher that I would have for the next six years. So I had her from sixth grade all the way to 12th grade. And that's where I met her a lot. And I was really into music and so forth. And so were you um, still having opportunities to perform um, solo or uh, were you mostly just part of choir or group activities and music at this point? Yes. So whenever I was in the children's choir, it was a bunch of kids from all different kinds of counties around my area. So I would sing with the choir there. And then when I got to middle school and high school, I would have Um, just normal choir and then I would have show choir so normal choir was just learning about music and so forth and we'd have singing projects every day and I would sing by myself for the most part and then I would have the show choir which was me and just a select few of individuals that my teacher felt were good enough to be in a choir and we would all sing along together and I also did um, a musical well I did two musicals while I was in high school So I got into performing arts a little bit while I was in high school. Great. So were you coming out of some of the shyness um, at this point or? Yes. So, you know, when I was really shy, I don't even know why I was shy. It just was, it just happened. (laughs) But when I was younger, you know, my family, they always asked me to sing. And this was probably before the age of 10. They always asked me to sing. And I was like, no, I don't want to because I was, I was a little bit of a hard-headed kid, so I was like, no, I won't, and then I'd go in a corner and I'd sing to everybody, but, you know, I really didn't start opening up singing out to people until I got into 4-H, which was also an elementary school, and they'd have talent contests, which was Share the Fun, and I'd go in, and I would audition, and I had done 4-H in fourth grade and fifth grade, and I'd made it to the semifinals and so forth, so that was a very good experience for me to be able to get out and actually perform in front of people. So uh, at what point was it that you thought, hey, maybe this is going to be a career for me instead of just, um, you know, something to enjoy um, in social situations or whatever? Yes. So Jumping forward to when I was 14 years old, I had attended a music school down in Princeton, West Virginia, because where I'm located in Virginia, I'm on the Virginia state line, and there was a music school, and I had went there, and they primarily taught kids, you know, basics on instruments. That's where I learned how to play guitar, 
and they would do other instruments like ukulele, guitar, vocal, so forth. And they had had a select few people from the school that would be in a group. And this is where they kind of taught people how to, well, they taught the kids how to go out and perform in public. We would go into competitions and just get used to performing out live and for people. And they would teach you how to grow your social media pages and so forth. So that's kind of at the age where I started getting involved in just performing out at places. So I started doing shows when I was 14 years old and that's kind of where I was like, okay, this is what I would like to do for a living. This is what I really enjoy doing. So that's just kind of the age I started at. Um, so at 14, you're thinking that, um, is anyone telling you like, okay, well, you know, you probably need a backup plan or yes. is there somebody <laughs> like very supportive of this dream for the yes. career? Get that a lot because, you know, it took a while for some of my family members to really understand that music for me wasn't just an expensive hobby. It was something that I was about and something that I would love to make a living out of and that I really enjoyed doing. And, you know, all throughout school, I always had relatives being like, you know, your music's great. Are you planning to go to college? Are you planning to get a full-time job? What are you exactly doing? And, you know, I did attend college and I graduated with my associates in general studies music. And I just really enjoy what I do with music. And I think, you know, here lately, the last couple of years, they have came around to realize that this is actually what I do for a living and this is what I do enjoy doing. Yeah, because it does seem like uh, in the arts a lot that people you know, think, okay, well, you could be a music teacher or, you know, um, some career like that, but they don't necessarily, like, encourage people to seek out performing. So I was just curious, like, how much support that you had initially for that, especially at 14, um, you know, when you, that's um, pretty, pretty young age, I think, to, <laughs> you know, for most people to even think about their careers, period. So that's really cool. Um, this school that you went to um, or the program at West Virginia, how did you find out about that? What is that called? Um, it's called Stages, and it's just a small music school down in Princeton. And I had found that out from a girl that I had went to school with who had actually been going, and she had talked to me about it. So I had went and got introduced to everybody and from that point on I just continued for a couple of years just getting my foot through the door. So what is the business side of it like? Um, where we've heard a little bit of the talent part that you naturally had um, but you know what's what's the other part that, they, that we don't necessarily see that you have to do in order to you know be, become building I guess just career yes well you know at that music school we had learned about how to grow our social media pages and when I was 14 the big page that I was primarily focusing on as far as platforms go was Facebook so I had created my own Facebook page that was music oriented and I would invite some of my friends to come and like and follow it and I would post videos ever so often and I never really posted too much of my music stuff on Instagram because back then Instagram was just kind of 
I'm going to post what I did today or I'm going to post a picture of my food and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And, you know, TikTok didn't exist at that time. So, right. you know, I, I worked so hard, especially from 14 to now 21 years old, you know, seven years later, I have worked really hard to grow my social media platforms. And Facebook is the one platform I have that has the most followers on it. I have 41,000 and right. it shocks me every day that I always have new people getting on my page. And, you know, I always call them my friends because I never like calling them followers because, you know, without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. And, you know, a lot of times, especially when I was in school, a lot of my peers really didn't understand what all did go into my music because, you know, I would have to check out early from school sometimes to go home and get ready for shows. And I'd have to pack up all of my equipment, make sure I had everything ready, just everything like that. And nobody really understood it. So that's why I'd actually written a song and it's called Behind the Scenes. And I had talked about just basically the whole premise of it is talking about even outside of music. I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate to it in their own way because it's basically talking about people see the overall picture, whether it's music, it's sports, anything like that, but they don't see what all kind of hard work was put behind it. You know, all of the struggles and the hardships and the days you wake up and you're like, oh, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do this another day or, oh, I don't think I'm doing the best job that I could be doing and fighting all of those inner battles. But, you know, you have to overcome all of that to get where you need to be. So what 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 is the most challenging part um, behind the scenes um, for you? Well, you know, um, running my own business is definitely one thing because, you know, I started my business when I was 19 and just trying to learn everything about that. You know, my mom helps me with that and I have some relatives that are into the business atmosphere and they've helped me with that quite a bit but trying to just understand everything involved with that I would have never imagined that I'd be doing <laughs> at this age sure so uh, when did the songwriting start yeah so I actually wrote my first song when I was 14 years old I believe and um I had written it in well I'd actually wrote that song in a skating rink and, um, you know, when I was in eighth grade, I had really liked this boy, uh, just like every other teenage girl. I had liked this boy and, you know, I was head over heels for him and he wasn't for me and we broke up and I thought my whole world was coming to an end. So I wrote a song about that and it was actually called My One and Only. So I still have people commenting on that song today. And I'm like, oh, Lord, <laughs> the teenage years. <laughs> does he know about it? Yes, yes, he does. We had actually, um, we had dated in eighth grade. And then um, a couple of years later, we'd actually gotten back together our junior year. And then our paths just didn't mesh like they should have. So we just decided to part ways uh, so he, he did know about that <laughs> but those were the those were the teenage years of thinking that your life was completely ending because sure some person broke your heart <laughs> yeah yeah I, I imagine that you may feel that way many times in life so that <laughs> you know that's probably why people um still comment about it is that it's a 
you know, a relevant topic is people divorce or spouse dies or whatever happens and throughout life. So, um, did you like songwriting, um, as much as music? Well, you know, as far as for me with songwriting goes, you know, I've recently been getting more into it because, you know, when I was 14, I'd written that song. And then I don't think I wrote my next song till a couple of years later. And, you know, I'm one of those songwriters that write about personal experience and have to write about something that holds some sort of relevance to me. (laughs) So it takes a bit for me to be able to find a topic to write about, but I'm getting more into it every day. But, you know, I just, I really enjoy music altogether. You know, I love hearing other people's songs. I love hearing what kind of lyrics they put in it. Some are very clever. Some are very simple. That's what I just love about music, that it's all different and unique in its own way. What kind what kind of stuff do you listen to? You know. Oh, well, you know, I listen to a bunch of everything. You know, my playlists can go from listening to, Ashley McBride and Luke Combs to listening to some more rock side of things. Like I love listening to Green Day and Panic at the Disco. And then you can get into Broadway and I listen to Phantom of the Opera and Wicked. I listen to pretty much everything. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious because, you know, I wasn't sure it was like all country or. No. you, You know, when I was 14, I really hadn't decided what genre I wanted to be in because you know I guess for the longest time I enjoyed listening to all of these different songs and you know when I was 14 I hadn't learned the guitar yet I would just do shows with my piano and I'm so glad I learned the guitar because it was a pain having to carry that piano (laughs) I carried a keyboard everywhere I went people they'd pass me by and they'd be like what the heck is that thing and I'd say oh don't mind me just walking around with a body it's fine because it was like double my size and at my shows I used to sing a bunch of stuff I used to sing some Loretta I would sing some Avril Lavigne Demi Lovato Adele I do a bunch of stuff and I really didn't start marketing myself into country till I was maybe about 17 18 years old Hmm. I just I never wanted to really be put into anything because you know I love all different kinds of music but as I got older um you know people were always saying you know you kind of need to pick what route you want to go with music and all of my family and friends and everybody like that they had just talked about I seemed to sing country music the most natural it came to me the easiest and I have the twang and everything like that. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go into country and see how it goes. And if that don't go well, then I can find a different genre. But so <laughs> far, it's been doing well. <laughs> well, I think with your roots, you know, with church, like beginning there, like a lot of country uh, music artists do begin there. So uh, it, it does seem like kind of a natural path for you. Um. Who who are some of your favorite the country artists now? Well, you know, my biggest idol is and always will be Miss Loretta Lynn. And the good Lord decided to take her from me on October 4th. So I'm still holding him to that. Hmm. But I loved everything about her. She was the very first person I ever started singing. You know, I'd be going around my little trailer singing, you're looking at country and you ain't woman enough to take my man. So I I will forever and always love Miss Loretta. But as far as individuals who are alive, 
and still thriving. I absolutely love Ashley McBride. I had actually went and seen her perform at the Ryman last week while I was in Nashville. Oh, wow. How was that? Um, her new album, Lindyville. And I just love everything about her. I think she is an amazing performer. She's an amazing songwriter. And, you know, one thing me and my mom had always talked about was, you know, she never gave up. And, you know, that's one thing that people I feel struggle in the music industry. And, you know, I've been guilty of it is just it's like my friend always says. He always says, you know, it's easy. It's easier to just give up than to keep working. Mm -hmm. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. So I just wake up every day and I go to bed every night and I pray to the Lord that the next day will be easier. So, um, what is, what was the first big break that you had? Um, you, you know, you're like decide at 14, you want to do this and, uh, you continue along the plan that you've made. So what's, what's the first big break where you feel like, okay, this has definitely moved me to the next level. Ooh, that's a great, great question. Now I got to. I got to recollect all the seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So didn't you I, have a video that went viral or a uh, cover? Yes. So I did have a video that went viral, but as far as before that, I think, you know, when I was in that music school and I was 14, 15 years old, I had went and competed at my first big competition. I'll say that. And it was the North America country music association international that was held at, in Pigeon Forge at the Country Tonight Theater. And I had entered it and I had won an award for that. So, and it was Future Star Tomorrow. Wow. So that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. And then after that, you know, when I did start when I was 14 years old and just going from 15, 16, 17, 18, I hadn't done too much in regards to trying to really make it into a full-time career because, you know, I was still tackling school, out tackling, just hanging out with friends, personal life stuff, etc. And when I was 18, I, you know, had been doing social media stuff and I'd been posting quite often and, you know, my um, backup singer and guitarist, Shane Begley, he had mentioned, why don't you do a hymn on your page? And I was like, oh, well, that's a great idea. And I was trying to think of what kind of hymns I had done when I was younger. And, you know, I love my mama to death. And she is one of my biggest supporters in the world and still is. And she loved Amazing Grace. So I was like, I'm going to do a video of me doing Amazing Grace. And I'm just going to put it up on social media. And I had put it up. And at this time, I had been working a little bit with country rebel they had seen some of my videos and i'd submitted some and they had put me on their page and they would actually share my content pretty much once a week and that's what got me into posting once a week so that really helped my social media platform so i had done amazing grace and i had sent it and they put it on their page and in two weeks it had surpassed a million views wow. and that was incredible to me at 18 years old i was like wow I have over a million people <laughs> watching me. And from that point on, just videos in general, I would do some and some would get over 100,000 plus views. Some would get below 100,000 plus views. You just never really knew. But that's really kind of what got me more into social media that got more people introduced to me. Because Country Rebel 
has it's the world's largest country music platform they have over they may be at eight million now i know at the time when i was working with them they had seven million and now they're up to 8.6 million followers and i was very appreciative and still am to this day for all that they've done for me but that was definitely probably the one thing that was like okay i think we can do something (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so um, besides the posting, do you are you very interactive um, with your, um, you know, with the people that your fans that are on your um, Facebook and social media pages? Do you like, did they comment? Do you comment back? Um, yes. So um, there was at a point where people could comment on my post and I would be able to comment back to all of them. I would always say thank you. But now that my audience has grown, it is fairly difficult to say thank you to 100, 200, 300 people on my page. So what I always try to do is whenever I post something, I always go and I heart every comment I get because although I cannot comment to every single person, I want them to know that I'm acknowledging that I appreciate them supporting me and taking the time out of their day to write something nice and complimentive, or it could be even a constructive criticism comment. So I always like to be sure that I react to their comments in any way, just to let them know, Hey, you are seen. I have seen what you have put and I appreciate it. Those constructive criticism ones are always great, aren't they? (laughs) Oh, they can, they can, they can get you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but what people I don't think realize is there is a fine line between constructive criticism and being rude. Yeah, of course. There is a fine line. And, you know, there are some people on my page, and they've been supporters of me for a while, and I'm able to see who they are. And sometimes they'll give me a critique. They're like, oh, you know, this was a beautiful song. You know, it was a little bit loud. The vocals i couldn't really hear the guitar maybe next time play a little louder don't sing as loud so forth and i'm Mm -hmm. like oh well thank you so much i really appreciate that you know i'll definitely keep that in mind and so forth and then you have the other people that's like she just can't play the guitar yeah and i'm like oh well yeah thanks (laughs) but you know i i really do appreciate the individuals that do take the time to give me some kind of constructive criticism feedback because you know, you can only get better. Right. That's how I see it. You know, there's going to be some days where you do something that's like an epic fail, but there's only one thing to do from that, and that's to move forward and get better from the situation. Yeah, that's true. So how do you, um, like, how much of your personal life do you share, uh, or is it mostly you just stay focused on your music? Like on my social media platforms? Yes. Do people, like, want to know things about you personally? or <laughs> People can be quite nosy on my <laughs> social media pages. But I have been fairly good at keeping them in the loop of stuff. And, you know, I do try to be very transparent with them. And, you know, I, I post all the time just different events. Or I'll do a live show and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm just making some tuna salad tonight just wanted to hop on here and talk to all of y'all and talk about some things i got going on and i'd love to hear what y'all are doing and so forth and i'll post endless amounts of pictures of me and my cat 
They all know who she is. They're like, oh, there's baby Raven. We all know her. <laughs> so I like to I like to be very personable with my audience because, you know, I don't want them to think that I'm just somebody behind a screen that just lives, eats, breathes, does everything music. Mm-hmm. I want to think that because, you know, although music is my primary source on social media pages, I like to show them, hey, I'm sick. Or you know, I have bad days, or I I'm tired, and all that stuff. I like to always let them know that hey, I relate to you. Yeah, that's probably something that um, you know keeps your page growing, as they probably sense that you really are uh, genuinely, um, you know, a real person that um, they can connect <laughs> with. That's very cool. I think a real person. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want them to think I'm some sort of bot. Yeah. Like, hey. AI. I'm yeah. just like, hey, y'all, it's Mackenzie Phipps here. I'm doing another video for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like to get on there some days and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm at cookout right now eating a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> love this place. Yeah. <laughs> cookout is pretty good. <laughs> so... Um, I mean, Kizzy, you tour, you've got a, a lot of dates um, coming up, I noticed. Um, what's touring like for you? Do you like that part of it? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, since I am in a small, small city down in Bluefield, I like to branch out to some sister states. So I like to go to Ohio and I'll go to North Carolina and I'll go to Tennessee, Ohio, so forth. So I just kind of, I you know, me not having any shows a weekend completely throws off my schedule. Like tonight, it's a Friday, and I don't have a show because this week I have a show Saturday and Sunday. And I try not to do, like, three-day shows back-to-back in a weekend because I do like to make sure that my voice is healthy and that it, I'm not overworking it because I have – I did have – since one time where I had overworked my voice completely and I got laryngitis. So mm-hmm. I try to really take care of my voice. But I really enjoy touring and I really appreciate all the people that come out to specifically listen to my music or to watch me. And I'll have people say, oh, I can't wait to see you at so-and-so this weekend. And I look forward to being able to meet them. And it's just really fun. Great. And um, so a lot of the people from your social media page will um, see you coming to some place close to them and um, they'll come see you and live. Um, Yes, I post all of my events on my social media pages and I'll post a monthly show like tour schedule so that people can see it and see if I'm in their area. And all of my events, as far as that have detailed information, are on my Facebook page as well as my website, mckenziefips.com. Awesome. All right. So I want to know about um, Lacey J. Dalton and how you met her. And um, I've got a lot of questions about this 16th Avenue um, that I think came out just a few days ago. But um, how did you meet Lacey? So I met Lacey. The first time I actually met her was at the Grand Ole Opry. And this was when, so Scott 
um, from 2911, he had he had messaged me and he was like, um, you know, Lacey, she just actually had her song 16th Avenue celebrate its yearly anniversary. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like, I'd love to do a song. So I looked up 16th Avenue and I was like, I'm going to do a version of it and I'm going to send it over to Scott and see what he thinks. So I had done a video of it and I sent it to him and he was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to send this to Lacey and see what she thinks. And I was like, okay, you can just let me know. (laughs) (laughs) And they had really enjoyed it. She really enjoyed that. I kind of put a modern twist to it. And we were like, Oh, I'd love for something to come about all of this. And Scott was like, well, you know, you're going to be in Nashville, so why don't you go to the Opry with me and we can go see her? Because this was actually the night that she was going and performing on the Opry. And she hadn't performed in years. And she was performing 16th Avenue for her anniversary date. So I was like, okay, well, I can't wait to meet her. And that was the night that I met her. And we really hit it off from the start. She's just an amazing woman. And she's just so humble and kind and personable. And we had all discussed what we could do with the song. We were like, you know, I think it would be cool if we could kind of bring both worlds together, a classic version with a modern version so that all different kinds of age groups and individuals will enjoy it. And that's just how it got started. Well, you know, I really um, liked what she had to say about the song and, you know, how... I mean, because that song really does speak to artists, um, and, and no matter, you know, what time, if it was 40 years ago or now or in the future, you know, it's just one of those kind of timeless songs that um, artists could relate to, and so I thought it was really neat how she was, you know, saying that she liked your version and, you know, how that she, like, you know, had such good wishes for that song uh, in the future, too, and, you know, to whoever may end up uh, performing it at whatever time, because, you know, I, I could just tell that it meant a lot to her, and and it must have touched you as well. What was it about that song uh, that made you, um, you know, really want to take on uh, um, your own spin on it? Well, you know, just talking about, I feel like a lot of people, if not a lot, all people who are into music can relate to that song because just talking about back in the old days, that's, that's how musicians got started. You know, they go down to 16th Avenue, they go and perform, they live in their cars, do whatever they had to do to really get out there and try to get their name out there and get well known by individuals. And I just really related to that because it's just a lot of hard work being in this industry. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Loretta Lynn being one of your favorites and, you know, which from her, like, dropping off records at every, you know, radio station. Radio station. (laughs) So you can imagine, like, uh, you know, what it's been like over time. um, Do you find technology has made it uh, more convenient or a bit easier to get your music out there uh, without having to drive to the radio stations and that kind of thing? In a sense, because, you know, I am still a fairly new artist, but I'm like kind of in the middle. Like uh, a lot of people do know me, but a lot of people don't. (laughs) 
And, you know, I released these new songs. And, you know, of course, the big thing is social media and you're on um, playlists and all that. And it can be quite difficult to get your music out there. So there are times that I do wish I could just ride up to the radio station and be like, hey, here's my new song. You should play it. (laughs) And they'd be like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah, so it's kind of just like, it's kind of a hit or miss. It's like right on the fence. It's like, it is a lot easier but is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because while it's easier, um, it's easier for a lot of people. Um, you know, so you have, a, I would guess you have a lot more competition um, simply because, you know, people can, um, like anyone could make a Facebook page and start sharing the music or whatever. Um, but doesn't mean it's going to be well received, um, but you still have that opportunity. Um, whereas it might've been a bit more difficult to, you know, get from the radio station, the radio station, if you didn't have a car or you didn't have gas money or, you know, whatever. Um, so it's interesting. Um, I, I, so you tell us about, um, when you heard the song and you liked the song, how did you decide how did it come to you? This is the arrangement or this is a spin. This is how I want to make this song kind of my own version. How did, how did you decide that? Well, I had just listened to the song and like I do all of my other cover videos, I just listened to it and then I learned how to play it. And then from that point on, I just let my vocals do the rest of the work. I'll try some things out. If I like it, I'll put it in there. But if I don't, I'll just leave it out. But Either way, it just kind of comes natural to however I would sing it, how I hear the artist sing it, and I just go from there. Do you have a uh, like a recording studio at home, or how do you how do you do your recording? No, I just record all of my videos on my phone and a tripod. Oh wow, cool! <laughs> I like to keep it all natural. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in forty years from now. Like, what song that you have written so far uh, would you like someone to listen to and do their own spin on? Um, well, the one song that I'm the most proud of writing is called Life's Game, and it actually won a Songwriter Achievement plaque back in October. And that song is the one song that I'm the most proud of writing because it is one of the most sentimental songs to me. And I actually wrote that about my mom. And, you know, over the last couple of years, she has developed Alzheimer's and has been a very difficult thing to deal with. And, you know, I realized there's not many songs in this world that are subjected around that. And there's so many people in the world that go through that, whether Mm -hmm. it's with a loved one, a friend, anybody, really. And I am hoping to really have some kind of big project with that this year. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, it all works out. But that's the one song that I think it would be cool to see how that song touches other people. And I'd be interested to see how other people would sing that song. So what are some of the lyrics for that song? It sounds very interesting because I really uh, I can't think of a song. Matt, can you, um, you know, um, take some topic? No. So uh, the first verse I say, you never know what it's like to lose a loved one. Instead of death, the good Lord keeps them here. You think all's fine and well, but the mind's already gone. There's nothing left but a memory that's been cleared. 
Mm. And then um, it goes, you take them out of the house for a nice evening. You do all the things y'all used to love to do. You see the changes happen, and it's hard to see them leaving, but you carry on because you know they'd want you to. And then the chorus just says, how in the world did this start? The one I loved is here, but not the same. The pain inside is tearing at your heart. I guess there's no winning life's game. Wow. Mm. Because the song is basically talking about, you know, you. I've always heard a bunch of people say this. You can live your life the healthiest ever. Like you could be as healthy as possible. You can do all the right decisions. But at the end of the day, the good Lord dealt you a hand of cards and life is basically a game. You know, you can make moves and you can progress and you can be winning the game or you can make all the right moves and still end up losing. Mm, so true, yeah. in the end, you know, in life, there's really no winning because, you know, at the end of the day, we all do kind of leave and be with the Lord at the end. And like I said, you can do whatever you want to do. You know, my mama, she was one of the best individuals in the world, and she still is to this day. And I don't think she ever would have imagined that she would have gotten Alzheimer's as well as everybody else in the world who was suffering from it. But there's no winning life's game. There's no winning against this disease. It, unfortunately, it is what it is. There's no cure for it, and I hope one day they do make a cure for it. But that's kind of just what I wrote the song about because, you know, it is a terrible disease, and it really is terrible seeing the person that you loved you see them, but it's not them. Yeah. I, I so. definitely think that song um, is so powerful. And uh, I know a lot of our listeners have shared stories. Um, and, and, and I know that they will look forward to being able to hear that. And they, they will relate to it, um, sadly. Um, but wow, that's... Um, you know, that's just having that voice, having that ability to convey that to other people and connect with them. I, I think that's, I would like to hear in 40 years, um, you know, what that would sound like as well. So what is next for you? Um, what are, I know you've got the tour coming up. Uh, you're going to be pretty busy for how long? Uh well, I've actually booked out my calendar until the end of May, because at the end of May, June, hopefully, I'm going to be moving to Nashville. So wow. that's going to be the next stepping stone for me. Are you excited about that, or are you kind of like, oh, God? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm excited. You know, there are some aspects of it I'm like, ooh, what am I doing? Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, where I live, there's nothing here that's going to help me progress in what I love doing which is music and I know that that's the place I need to be yeah so anybody you're looking okay. anybody you're looking forward to working with I mean I'm sure there's a long list well I would love to work with Ashley and I'd love to work with Luke Combs and Miranda Lambert and so forth mm -hmm. but we'll just have to see what the future holds yeah that'll be that'll be interesting you'll have to come back and tell us about it if you do Yes, definitely. All right, so social media, uh, again, uh, they can people can find you on Facebook very easily. Um, 
where else do you have a website where else can yes look so you? you can find me on facebook at mckenzie phipps you can go to my website at mckenziephippsmusic.com oh well sorry that's my old that's my old website my new website is just mckenziephipps.com i am on instagram at mckenziephippsmusic and i am on tiktok at mckenziephippsmusic awesome well, Matt, uh, this is uh, quite an interesting career that she's had so far. Yeah, for sure. I'm interested in seeing where it goes next. Um, how how much touring are you doing? How many shows you got booked? I, oh, right now, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six. I have exactly 30. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Leading up to May. Cool. And then what are you going to be, I mean, are you, like, are you planning playing out in uh, uh, Nashville, or what are your plans when you get there? No, so when I go to Nashville, I'll definitely be reaching out to places to find some booking inquiries, and I'll also be doing some different kind of media stuff, so I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. Um, any video, uh, you mentioned, uh, you had something that came out two days ago. Um, what was that? That was the 16th Avenue. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, she was in the, um, songwriter. Um, yes, I was an American songwriter. Yeah. So they, um, they did the uh, debut and, um, it's a really, really good article. So I would recommend yes. everyone reading that as well. It is available on all my socials. Awesome. And um, I know you said this, um, you've given little um, pieces of advice, but just um, for those artists out there, you know, the 14-year-olds or the ones starting and singing in church um, that maybe are going to go on to want to have music as a career, what advice would you give them? Do not be afraid to fail. I held myself back so much at such a young age from being scared to take the next step due to fear. I was so scared of failing. I was so scared of doing something in potential that it could fail. Just do what you got to do. Do plans. If it ends up not being what you expected, it's a learning experience. And from that point on, just strive and persevere forward. Now, see, I thought you were going to say, learn how to play guitar because it's easier to carry. (laughs) (laughs) That's another tip. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being our guest today, Mackenzie. And uh, we have enjoyed your backstory and look forward to having you as a guest once you have gotten moved to Nashville and uh, all the great things you're going to have to tell us from that. Oh, well, thank all of y'all so much for having me on here today. I really do appreciate it, and I look forward to speaking to both of you in the future. All right. Come back anytime. Well, thank you. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to Kat at iWritePlays at Outlook.com, or you can write to me at BackstorySessions at gmail.com or Matt at Level11Ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.